Shavua Tov, everybody. Welcome to Parashat Shemot. Social psychologist Brett Pelham had some very interesting things to say about how important names are for us as human beings. Whenever you see or hear a word, he says, that resembles your name, a little flash of dopamine or of pleasure chemical biases you toward thinking that that thing is good. So when a man named Dennis is considering a career, he ponders the possibilities. Lawyer, doctor, banker, dentist. Dentist, something about dentist just feels right for a man named Dennis. In fact, people named Dennis or Denise are slightly more likely than people with other names to become dentists. Men named Lawrence and women named Lori are more likely to become lawyers. Louis and Louise are more likely to move to Louisiana or St. Louis, and George and Georgina are more likely to move to Georgia. What he calls the own name preference even shows up in marriage records. People are slightly more likely to marry people whose names sound like their own. So John and Joanne are more likely to get married, even if the similarity is just sharing a first initial. So clearly... Names play a tremendous role in human psychology. Parashat Shemot, of course, begins with a list of names. That's what the word Shemot means, names. But the real climax of the parasha, I think, happens in a conversation between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe asks Hashem a simple question. He says, He says, are going to hear this tremendous promise of freedom. And all these beautiful things are going to happen in their future. But they're, they're going to ask me, what is the name of this God? What should I tell them? So this name of God is so important that it even continues to be the focal point into next week in Parashat Va'era when Hashem fully reveals His name to Moshe. So I'd like to take a second look at this conversation between Hashem and Moshe and see maybe if we can make some sense of what's going on. Hashem's first answer to Moshe about his name is asher I am that I am, or more precisely, I will be that which I will be. This very esoteric answer has been scrutinized by people for millennia, for generations. It portrays God in a very philosophical sense as being or existence itself. God is telling Moshe that his name, his essence, is fundamentally inscrutable to human beings. It's beyond our comprehension. And then God does something interesting. He does kind of like a double take within the same pasuk, no less. And he says to Moshe, Kotomar On second thought, tell him instead, My real name is Ehyeh. So this is even more philosophically sophisticated. It indicates that the simple name Ehyeh transcends space and time. It's not even correct maybe to say Ehyeh, Asher, Ehyeh, I will be that which I will be because that implies a future. That implies God being within time. Maybe it's more correct just to say Ehyeh, I will be. And finally, God says, you know what? Third time's a charm. He says, In fact, say this. Adonai, This is the real name I want you to give them. Give them the name Yodke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton. Tell them, I am the God of your forefathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. 
Shilahani Alechem, that's the one who sent me. This is my name, this is my reputation for generations. So all that philosophizing is nice, and certainly it's true, but to a people in need, to a people suffering in bondage, it's not about some deep philosophical truth. Maybe for Moshe Rabbeinu this was important and revelatory, but for Bnei Israel, the most important thing is that this being, who is existence itself, is the God of our forefathers. He's the God of history. He's the one who got our people through every challenge and struggle, through every war and through every pogrom. A few months ago during my uh, time in Israel, I was able to visit before residency. And I visited my rabbi and my rabbi uh, and I, we went up to his terrace in Ma'ale Adumim to say Arbit. And Ma'ale Adumim was absolutely glowing. I felt so spiritually connected. Right before we said Kiryat Shema, the rabbi says, Michael, I want to tell you something. I said, what's up? He says, I think I figured out the correct pronunciation of God's name. And I said, will you tell it to me? He says, no. <laughs> I said, what do you mean no? He goes, well, I'll send you on a journey to figure it out for yourself. I said, Rabbi, I remember you wrote an article about this when I was here for the year four years ago. And you made me look up the Rashbam, one of these commentaries who had an atbash. He had a hidden code where you have to translate every aleph to a tav and, and, and so on and so forth. And I, trans- and I transcribed it and I figured out the code. And it was, Regarding this name, he says, God calls himself I am from the first person perspective. And we call him he is. So maybe this word Yod Kevavke is the third person's perspective on God. I said, but I'm still confused about it. It's a total mystery. He says, that's the first step on the journey to figuring it out. Wow. So this name Yod Kevavke carries with it so much depth, so much hidden wisdom. For me, so much mystery. Names carry essence. They carry meaning. They even influence, like we said earlier, our careers and the people we might marry. So Rabbi Hittery pointed out something deeply beautiful to me. The name Yod Kevavke has within it all the sounds that people make while suffering. Hoya, ah. In other words, God is especially found in the midst of suffering. So overall, names matter, especially this mysterious name of God. But there's one thing I didn't tell you. If you notice something else, the name Yod Kevavke also contains all letters that can act as silent vowels and can best be pronounced simply as, <sighs> simply with a breath. The implications here are deeply moving to me. Whenever you're in search of God, simply breathe in and out. And if you pay close attention, you'll find Hashem in every breath. Thank you very much and Shavuot Tov.